anyway, my name is Leon B. I'm gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. I'm very happy um, to be here. Um, that was such a that was such a good reading. Let me, uh, I guess, start from my um, my information. I guess of where I am in, in recovery. Um, my my abstinence date is April 30th, 2018. I first came into OA um, somewhere around March of 2005. So that tells you how long I've been in and out of these rooms, um, trying to find an easier, softer, more gentle way to deal with this um, disease of compulsive um, overeating. I learned about OA in, in um, postgraduate work. I was in a pharmacology class learning about, ironically, alcohol withdrawal. And in that, they were teaching us about what happens when someone when someone who's a heavy drinker abstains from alcohol and they just abruptly stop drinking. What happens to their body? What happens over the next 24 to 72 hours? The physical um, um, withdrawal symptoms and the ways to treat it. And then my pharmacology instructor said, really the only way that we can treat, he said the best proven way to treat um, alcoholism was a 12-step program. And I come from, a, um, uh, as a child, my father was an alcoholic. Um, I mean, by the, by the definition in the book, he was uh, an alcoholic and died um, in bottles and, and, and left behind some serious um, destruction in my family. I won't go there, but that's a whole different sharing. And so, so he started to mention other 12-step programs. He said they have 12-step programs for people that gamble, people that are addicted to sex, to narcotics. And he said to food. And I said, food? You know, and I asked that question because something was going on with me that I had no clue about. I had been going up and down in weight for a while. Um, I, as I look back on it as a child, I used to, I used to love to eat. Um, I was in the Army, um, and I was well-known for... Um, I thought it, it would have been some of my other fiascos in, in the military, but I, when I saw some of my friends recently over the past few years, they, they asked me, man, do you still like to eat? I'm like, man, I didn't know I was going for it that hard. But um, anyway, I, I had this, um, this habit that became obsession or a compulsion that I would have to stop at this gas station and get these particular foods. And they were like nuts and chocolate. It was like a nut chocolate mixture bag. And, and a Diet Coke, and then that changed into adding an ice cream bar, a Snicker ice cream bar or a Twix ice cream bar to that nut chocolate mix, and then some jalapeno chips. And then I found myself every day not being able to finish my studies. I would have to go to the gas station and get this mixture of foods and, and the, the, the pile of junk just grew. And I would be driving home, just eating this as fast as I could. So my wife wouldn't, wouldn't um, catch me eating it and I would be done. And I would stop at the gas station um, and try to and throw away the wrappers because she would find all these rappers in my car and be looking at me like, what are you doing? And I would feel so embarrassed. And, um, and I knew I, I was doing something to myself that I, I, just, I just couldn't, couldn't stop. So when, when he said this, I, I immediately Googled 12-step um, programs and, and OA pops up. And lo and behold, there was a meeting right down the road from the school I, I was attending at the time. And I went that day, I, I believe it was that day. And, um, and when I walked in, I was um, like, well, I thought I was in the wrong place, you know, because no one looked like me. Um, no one was my gender um, or nor my age group. And I was like, I think this is something else, you know, you know, as well. I sat down anyway. I'm sort of a daring person. I was in the military. I've been to war before, so I could sit in a room full of 
you know, women, no, that's no offense. And so, um, and so they, they started to share and there was a lot of crying going on and, you know, and at the end of each share, they would say, but I didn't eat over it. And I was like, I don't know what this is, you know, whatever they have, I don't have, you know, and, uh, but they said something until this day, I cannot remember that caught my, that really touched my heart, touched my spirit because I said, I'm going to try it again. Um, but I tried a different meeting and this time it was a more diverse meeting it had men in it. And in fact, it had one of my instructors in it. And, and when I went up to him, I said, hey, what is this about? And he kind of explained it to me. And then he opens up his photos and he's like 300 pounds. And, I, and I'm looking at him and he's like, you know, skinny as a rail. And I said, I didn't want the steps. I want what you got. You know, in, in my mind, I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking about the steps. I just wanted whatever diet he was on, you know. And so I asked him to sponsor to me. He said, sure. And and so he said, you're going to get a blue book, me, you know, the big book. And we're going to start reading through it. And he put me on this very strict diet, which I have come to. Um, now I know it was a, like a gray sheet diet. I didn't know it at the time, but I lost weight like that. And I um, was skinny as a rail like that. And I was like really crazy in the mind because I was not recovered. Being thin and not recovered is not fun. Um, being abstinent, which I know we said is the most important thing, but not recovered is, is not fun, meaning haven't had this spiritual um, experience, this spiritual awakening. Um, and this was 2005. And so he tried to take me through the steps. We got to the doctor's opinion. And I was more like, you know, I, I don't get this, you know, whole allergy thing. And, um, and he ended up relapsing, he let me go. I ended up started eating. And that was 2005. And on starts this 13 year journey that I can probably do a whole hour and a half on of me trying to get back to that thinness again. I mean, of me yo-yoing on diets, I mean, personal trainers, diets, you know, um, injections of ACG. Um, I mean, just all, all kind of things. Um, going to therapists, not being truthful with them about what was going on with me. Um, in and out of OA, different sponsors, no one really pushing the steps anymore after that one guy, it was more about tools. It was more about trying to, well, why don't you just eat a plate of food? Um, <clears throat> and I tried all of that. And then I found the diet, of the diet that will end all diets in 2012. And, um, and it was a very strict caloric diet, lost about 80 pounds. Um, I stayed on it for four months straight. And of course, as we all do, you come off, you start doing some other things and next you know, I was ballooning back up. So I got into the world of triathlons. <clears throat> started working out like crazy, running, swimming, biking, lifting, burning 3,000 calories a day so I can eat a big giant bag of Doritos and a bunch of Oreos. And I mean, my life just lived to just forage for food. I was telling somebody that this morning on my 10 o'clock meeting. I mean, I just lived to forage. But that line, that line in the big book that talks about it's the only life you know was me. It was the only life I knew was getting off work, going hunting for the food, at work, hunting for food, before work, hunting for food, regretting what I've done, getting back in this cycle of I'm not going to do it again, only to do it again. You know, that that whole spree that that the doctor's opinion, <coughs> excuse me, one sec. that whole spree, that that whole cycle that Dr. Silkworth describes was completely me with, with food. And, and I started um, gaining back, probably gaining back 40 of those pounds. And so that's why I got into the world of triathlon. So I was able to maintain a decent weight. Um, and I guess it was exercise bullying me, if I'm, if I'm honest. Um, and then 
Um, I got into a really bad accident in 2017 and someone died trying to save me and, and my family. It was a very sad time. And I was training for a triathlon at that time. And I said, forget this. You know, I, I, I remember I caught the case of I don't care anymore. And I was on my way to a conference in Florida. And when I pulled up to this resort, I mean, it was it was such a horrific accident. It was all over the news. It shut down 95. Um, the resort heard about it and they knew that I was coming. And when I got there, they I was covered in blood and glass. And they said, you know, Mr. Buffalo, your, your room is ready. Just go to your room. We heard about what happened. Don't worry about checking in. We've taken the liberty to order some things for you. And the room was laid out with food. I just thought on doing wrappers and taking off tops and and I just went for it. And um, this was um, July, 2017. And then I started gaining weight back. I mean, rapidly. I mean, it came on so quickly and I felt so desperate. And I just said, I am not, I told my wife, I said, I do not have another, I don't have it in me again to to lose this weight. And she said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And um, and I remember um, somewhere towards the early part of 2018, I had my, not these headphones, but the headphones with the cord plugged into my um, iPhone. And, um, and I was listening to something, but I, I fell to the bed and a podcast came on. Now, keep in mind, I had not been to OA in probably three years. I had completely forgotten about OA at this point because I was on the end-all, be-all diet. I was doing triathlons. I felt like I had this thing licked. And I'm sorry I'm talking so fast. I'm trying to keep it, I'm trying to get within these 20 minutes. But I was on the end-all, be-all diet. I felt like I didn't need OA. And when I fell back to the bed with the, hell, with the headphones in, a podcast came on. And it was a lighted candle minute from the LA OIG. Um, and this guy started, is that 10 minutes? That's a 10 yes, minute time? Okay, okay. Yes. so I have like five, I have like five to 10 yes. minutes left? Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Okay, great. So so I, so I fell to the bed and, and this podcast comes on and this guy is like telling my story. I mean, I mean, everything I'm telling you, he is just like, it's coming out of his mouth. And it's his story, and and I so identify when I say he he was he was able to speak the language of of a compulsive overeater's heart, and he spoke my language, and it was like oh my god I just I should have had a V eight like hit myself on the forehead like I have completely forgotten about OA. This this is what I am. I mean, you have tried literally everything. And before this, I was considering weight loss surgery. I mean, I had went on the website. I was looking up. You know, I mean, I. I I was going to do it. Like, there's nothing that's going to keep me um, from from killing myself. I mean, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to try to sew up my stomach. But I, but I I've met people that have eaten straight through the surgery, and I said I said that would be me. There's something more going on with me. And so I went back to OA. I walked into the rooms, and again, it was a room full of people telling my story, and and I just like, oh my god, I, I just found this huge relief. Like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one doing this to themselves. And I got up in the middle of the meeting and walked out. And I still don't know to this day why I did that. But it, um, I guess it freaked some people out. And this one young lady who were best of friends to this day, she comes out and she, and she, you know, tries, she says, I'm sorry, did, did we say something to offend you? What's wrong? I said, no, no, you did nothing to offend me. I know this is what I am. I have some things I have to do and I'm coming back, which I don't remember what I had to do, but I knew that, OA was going to be something I was going to pursue and be in for the rest of my life. And, and I go back to the meeting that Monday. Now, I had been to that meeting before and many years ago. 
And so I kind of knew how it worked. And um, and I went and sat down. And I was the only one in there. Me, and there was there was myself and some person I never met, and she was a newcomer. And so there was no one there to run the meeting. Well, I knew where all the stuff was because I had run the meeting before, many years ago. Go back to the room. The stuff is still there. I lay it all out. And then the people saw coming. Everyone's looking at me like, who laid this out? Who's this guy? I said, oh, I, you know, anyway, so I led that meeting. Go back the next Monday, exact same thing. I'm the only one there. A newcomer shows up. I go, I lead the meeting. I said, obviously, this is where I'm supposed to be. Anyway, they turned me on to this um, on this phone meeting because I'm looking for a sponsor. Of course, none, none of the women there were sponsored men, but they said we would send you to a place where you can find a sponsor. And I called into this meeting, waited till the end of the second hour where they would announce sponsors. This deep, melodious voice comes on looking for sponsees. You know, I put myself out there. I call him. He and I hook up and he tells me, don't don't eat your abstinence. Write write out all your foods you got trouble with. Don't eat them for the next forty eight hours and give me a call. And um, so that weekend, ironically, I'm going camping with my son as soon as I get off this meeting. That weekend, I was going camping with my son for Boy Scouts. And um, and of course, I had to get snacks for him, right? You know, and so no, I ate all those snacks the entire weekend. And um, so that Sunday, I said, well, I didn't get to forty eight. I went camping with my son and kind of lost it. He said, well, there's always tomorrow. I said, well, yeah, but tomorrow's my birthday. Which is April 30th, 2018. And then he said, uh, uh, Leon, there's always going to be an excuse to eat. And I was like, again, a V8 moment. You're exactly right. And that started my first day of abstinence. I got up that morning. I prayed so hard like I had never prayed before. I said, God, I'm going to need you to help me today because it's my birthday. And my staff knows how much I love carrot cake. And they and I, I get at least three for my birthday. And, um, and, and I had an abstinent breakfast. My son's a chef. I said, please cook this, this, and this for, for dinner. I told my wife, no cake. We're just going to have fruit. When I got to work, of course, they had those three cakes there waiting for me. And, but they also know that I like a spa. So they canceled my afternoon and set me up for a spa day. So I was able to just cut the cake and go off to my spa day and had an abstinent lunch. And that was my first day. Of, of abstinence and we worked those steps I and that's a whole, whole another testimony I went through those steps in one month and I was sponsoring at the end of that month and I got so much release and I'm gonna tell you where um and I'm in here I'm gonna tell you where I I found my spiritual awakening when I when I when I got neutrality with Oreos because I would eat rolls of Oreo at a time I termed that rowing out I would row out eat a row anyway and so after the, after the fourth step, the fourth column of the fourth step, once I wrote down, you know, who am I angry at? You know, what did they do to me? How did it make me feel? And then when I stopped to do, to take a look at what I had done to those people, how I had set the ball in motion with all these resentments, the fears I had put in place, the sexual harms I had done people, when I realized that, I said, man, I'm the maker of all of my trouble. And what was awesome about that was a revelation was since I made the trouble I can fix the trouble you know and so that just that just I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about it I gave away that that fourth step went through six and seven had my list already made out and I went to work making my amends and it was some emotional work doing that I beat one of my sons for eating my Oreos which I had completely forgotten and when I did my step nine with him and I asked him, is there anything else? He said, yeah, why did you beat me for eating your Oreos? I said, oh my God, I forgot I had done that. I mean, it was things like that. I had hurt people. I didn't even know I had I had hurt. And then I got to, to step 10, step 11 
um, which I, I, I love that part of program, being able to stay plugged in. That's, that is most important for me is staying plugged in with my higher power every day, all throughout the day and doing this, this step 12 work. This is step 12 work. Um, I don't even know who this person is that reached out to me. When I saw her face, I said, oh, I know her because she's on Facebook, you know, but when people ask me to speak, I don't say no. And I don't even check my calendar half the time. Like I didn't know I'm taking my, my son camping until maybe a few days ago, but I have it all worked out. I'm packed, I'm ready to rock. Um, but doing this is a, is a part of program. And I sponsor, love my sponsees. I, I keep new sponsors, um, sponsees. I have old sponsees. Um, I don't let people go. They kind of fire themselves. Um, but this has been a, a wonderful life. Lastly, um, we can do so much with our God-given talents. It talks about this, you know, this spiritual existence, you know, not being worldly, not being so focused on earthly things and worldly things, but being, being more about your spiritual existence and being in touch with, um, with my higher power has led me to quit my job, right? And I've been, been without a job for the past 45 days because I'm opening my own business and, and I do that January 4th. And let me tell you something, this is something I, I have never thought of in my life, but outside of addiction, outside of you know eating, we can do so much. So I would just say, you know, if you're not in these steps, if you haven't worked these steps, work these steps. If you have worked these steps, continue to do 10, 11, and 12, continue to sponsor, continue to reach out, continue to call folks, stay immersed in this work. I mean, it's my life, it's the only thing that I know and I pass with that. God bless.